Well, 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 good morning once again, Bridge City Church, Murraysville. Hey, man, how many are excited that you're here today? Come on, I'm excited. Come on, we as believers in Christ Jesus, we should be the most excited about Christmas time. Amen? We should be the most excited. I believe that with all my heart. So Merry Christmas to you. If you have not heard, we have a great, great uh, thing scheduled for you this week. On Thursday, Christmas Eve Eve, we have a candlelight uh, Christmas service scheduled for you. We have two of them, 6 and 7.30. And uh, we just want you to come. And we want you to bring all your friends and all your family. We want you to bring everybody you can. Um, and we're believing God for a full house where we can and honor Jesus and have a candlelight time together. How many of y'all th- think that sounds like a great idea? Come on. And, um, and so, listen, we, we normally have invites that we would give you to pass out to all your friends, but you radical people, you took them all over the last two weeks. <clears throat> we, we were looking, like, well, there's only like four left. So, like, what you need to do, and, and uh, Mary's going to help you. She'll get you to take a picture of what you need to take a picture of later, and you're going to send it to all your friends, and then just send it to everybody you know. Come on, somebody. And um, why would you want to do that? And uh, we just want you to come back um, this week and have a great, great, great time as we honor Jesus together. You know, the, the, the story of Christmas, I mean, it never gets old. I mean, come on, am I right? I mean, it just never gets old. I mean, even though you might know the ending, it still never gets old. Come on, yesterday, I, um, I was having a very fruitful, effective, um, productive day, which is another way of saying I had a lot to do. And so I'm running around, and I get home for a few minutes, and I was just getting ready to go see Pastor Nick at the hospital and spend time with him because... We had an appointment with some shrimp pad thai, and so we were going to, um, <clears throat> and so I was getting ready to go, but the problem was, on, and my, my wife was home, she was, she was doing like Christmas stuff, and there was like one of those Lifetime Hallmark movies on. Now, I know you've never heard of these, okay, but there was like a small-time g- guy from Alaska met this executive woman from San Francisco. You never heard of it, right? And, um, and, and they met each other, and I'm like, and so I texted Pastor Nick, and I said, I can't come right now. And he goes, what's up? I says, I got to see what happens. <laughs> I did. I texted him. I said, I've got to watch what, what happens. And so, so it, it was amazing. <laughs> then in the last 15 minutes, these two people from totally two different areas who just met out of freak chance, they got it all worked out in like the last like really five minutes and they're together happily ever after. Can you believe it? I mean, it blows your mind. I'm telling <laughs> and I'm sitting there and like, I know the, I know the ending, but I'm going to watch anyhow. Come on, somebody. Like, come on, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a softie for those movies. Come on. Yeah, I, I am. I, just, I, I like them. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a real man, but I like those. Don't judge me. I think really because my wife and I, we were many, 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 many decades ago. We started dating in August, and, and when we had, we, had our, we had our first kiss on Christmas Eve. And so, like, we were Hallmark before Hallmark was cool. Yeah, I redeemed that. Come on. And uh, we differed for years on what time that kiss took place. 
but I won. I was right. And so I, I was working night shift, and I was over her family for dinner, and they were having like that Italian, like that seven fish thing, which I never really understood, you know? I mean, shrimp and scallops are good, you know, but after that, I'm done. And, um, and I was going to work, and, uh, but see, like that story means something because it's personal to me. In, in any story that's personal to you, you remember I think one of the reasons why Christmas just becomes rote is because we don't make it personal. I think sometimes like Christmas just becomes like all this stuff we got to do because we fail to make it a personal thing with you and God between me and him. Like I remember the day I met Jesus. I remember that day. I remember crying all day long as a 15-year-old young man, just crying all day long. I, I met him. My life was never the same. I, see, I remember these things because they're personal. They mean something to me. When people, there's going to be three, three women of God get baptized in just a little bit, and this day is going to mark their lives, amen? <laughs> they're going to remember the day. And may we never forget that day. Because when we fail to make it personal, we miss the reality of Christmas. But unfortunately, many people don't just miss it, they dismiss it. Before they really know the truth about it and the reality of it. And, and that's what I, I want to communicate. How can we keep the wonder of Christmas in Christmas? How do we do that? Because like after years and, you know, and, and working with the other pastors this week and, um, and we're, we're, we're talking about the Christmas story and we're like, oh my goodness, like, like after you do this for a couple decades, there's nothing new about the story. I'm sure like there's nothing new. I mean, I've heard people preach about the donkey Mary rode and I'm like, I can't do no donkey messages. I don't know. I just like <laughs> can't do it, you know, just can't can't, you know. But I think in even as we were talking this week and talking about Christmas, it's like the story's powerful in and of itself. We just need to remember the wonder and the reason of it. Because there's a wonder, it's a wonderful thing, but there's also a reasoning piece of it that we need to look at and we need to feel the tension with, but we can't dismiss this story. We can't because it's filled with so many things. It's, it's the significance of the moment. That's what the Christmas story is. It's the significance of the moment. You, you got to appreciate the drama because there's drama in the Christmas story. There really is. And yet we can still be filled with wonder even if we know the end of the story. So I want to take you back to the story today in Luke chapter 2. And I just want to take you back to the story. I want to take you back there. And I know some of you are saying, like, I know how it ends. I know how it is. Now, I want to let you know, it took over 2,000 years to figure this next statement out. But now we know, we finally know, why there was no room for Jesus in the end. He wasn't vaccinated, so he had to. I'm just. Oh, come on now. 
It doesn't matter what side of the needle you're on. That was funny. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Let's have fun today. I had you there for a moment. Come on there. And um, there's all these pictures of nativity scenes with everybody masked up. And I'm not, I'm not making fun of masks. I'm just saying it's just, it, it's reality. I mean, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it, 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 that's, that's a part of the 2021 story. But we're going to go back to the original one. Amen? Here we go, and it's filled with reason. It's filled with all these things here. Luke 2, verse 1. Um, at that time, Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that the census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, that's important, he had to go to Bethlehem, that's very important in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, important, very significant, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Now, in those first couple verses, there's a lot of very significant things there that speak to the reasoning of our faith that speak to the whole entire Bible because the whole Bible is important from Genesis to Revelation. It's very important because there's, it reflects back and forth. Okay, there's not one, I don't believe that there's one side of the Bible that's more important than the other. It's all important. Are you with me? And so what we see here is we see some significant things here in Luke was like the original fact checker. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of organizations that like to fact check everything. As a matter of fact, if you have a Google search, you can fact check. You, you know, that, but let me just tell you this. Wikipedia isn't the fact checker you need. Come on, somebody. I expected a little better amen than that. <laughs> see, see, Luke... Luke went after it, and I think we need to remember why he wrote this. In Luke chapter 1, and I want to remind you of why this was written. In Luke chapter 1, many people set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled. They, they used the eyewitness reports circulating from among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you. Now, see, we need to catch this. Our faith is not a blind faith. Our faith is very reasonable. We have a reasonable faith that can be trusted. And when we look at the Bible, most of us don't look at it as a, a history or historical document. We just look at it as, like a, as this biblical document. But they're the same. And you've got to look at them the same. And so Luke is saying, I have investigated all of these things. I've looked. I've, I've fact-checked all these things. This is why I'm writing to you. So in those first couple verses, there's a couple significant things that were said on why do we have the Christian faith the way we do. Because in the Old Testament, in some cases, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and some closer and all throughout, that it was, it was 
communicated that Jesus was going to come. As a matter of fact, I personally believe, and this is just my belief, in Genesis chapter 3, right after the fall of Adam and Eve, I believe God had a plan. I believe he had a plan. Now, he knows the right timing. How many of y'all know that God has a better timing than you? Right, right? But it, it took a while for the plan to unfold, but God had a plan. I believe that he starts speaking of the virgin birth actually in Genesis 3. So from the beginning, right after the fall, God says, I, God's like, I got this. Okay, I got this. And it was pointing to like what we refer to as Christmas. Well, that's how we refer to it here. But he also refers to so many things. There's a prophecy of the lineage in, in, Numbers, uh, or in, in, in Isaiah 11.1, in Numbers 24. In Numbers 24, it talks about a star. In Isaiah 11.1, it, it speaks of the lineage of, of a descendant of David. These are very, very important things because they were spoken over different periods of time, but all coincided and all led us to, to believe in, in the validity of Jesus Christ, born of the virgin. Amen. See, we have a faith that's very reasonable, but our culture and society is telling us, oh, that's your blind faith. You have a crutch. You, you're a Christian. You don't know. It's like, what? It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does that God created the world. No, see, I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm not, I'm not harping. I'm just being like, how do you believe that? Because a childlike faith will even tell you that, that, that that's not right. But it's the lineage of David. There's this star in, um, in Numbers 24. In Micah 5.2, it speaks of the Messiah being born in Bethlehem. All these things are lining up to give us an assurance of the truth of the gospel of Jesus. So we don't have to cower in a corner any longer because Christmas screams of God's eternal plan. It's, did you, don't you just love the Christmas songs we were singing? Come on. You know, angels we have heard on high, joy to the world. Come on, I, that, that's, those are great songs. You got you to come back Thursday night because we're going to sing more of them. They just keep getting better. Because they remind us of something. They remind us of the significance of Christ. And so we see all these prophecies lining up. But I think part of the problem is, is we make God small and insignificant when really his plan is grandiose and glorious. So let's not make God small this Christmas. Let's not make him small. Let's put, not put him in the box that we created for him. Let's, let's put him in the majesty and gloriousness of who he really is. And let's go back and see that glory. Let's go back and remind ourselves of that. Luke chapter 2 verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields near, nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be, don't be afraid. So, see, I, I'm just going to tell you this. A glimpse of God's glory can be terrifying. 
No, just a glimpse can be like overwhelming. Just a glimpse of who he is. It's like, whoa, what's just happening? Suddenly, like the, the, the shepherds were in their fields and, and, and they took care of all the lammies, okay? The lammies were good for the night. And the older shepherds, they were dozing, as older shepherds do. And the young millennial shepherds were scrolling. They were just watching YouTube. They had their earbuds in. They were just watching YouTube. They were scrolling. They were, they were just checking out social media, minding their own business. And all of a sudden, suddenly, a glorious light shone. And at first, the millennials were like, I can't see my screen. You know, it's like, come on. Like, geez. And the older shepherds were like, what just happened, man? And but suddenly, it was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. There's this angel. There's this angel in front of us here. And the glory of God is there. And they're like, oh, my goodness. They're terrified. Like, what's just happening? It's like, I, see, like, we, we, we. We look at this and just say, oh, yeah, just a typical angel occurrence. <laughs> How many of you have had one? I can't honestly say I really had an angel occurrence like this. But when I do, I'm going to be prepared to be terrified. <laughs> I'm prepared already. Are you anybody with me now? You can say you're going to have peace. but <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm there. I'm going to say, told you. <laughs> And so they were terrified here. The, the, the sky lights up. And, 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 and see, the, the, the reasonableness of this, and this messenger of God shows up, and, and it's like crazy bright. And, 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 and listen, listen, let me just say this. Let me just stop right here. And um, if the creator of the universe could line everything up, if he can line up the star, and he can line up the shepherds, and he can line up Mary and Joseph, and he can line up the donkey, and he can line up the place for Jesus to be born. If he can line up all those things, then he can take care of my anxiety and worry. I mean that. If the creator of the universe can line up all of these things, then he can not just forgive, but he can redeem my mistakes. If the creator of the universe can redeem all of these things and he can line up this whole story, which took like, like we're 2,000 years after it, but took, took decades and decades and decades and thousands of years to line up, how much more can he give me a hope through my deepest, darkest times? <laughs> I want you to catch this. Because see, sometimes we leave God small, but we fail to see the story that unfolds. And so I'm on, I'm, 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 I'm up early this morning, and I got a lot on my mind, and these, these guys that are sick, and these things that are happening, and, and people in the church that are going through it, and this weighs on me. And I'm like, so I'm texting Pastor Nick, and I'm like, I'm like, man, God got this, man. Like, like the, the devil messes with, with one of us. We're, 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 like I said, we're poking back. Like, we're going to do it. And, like, and, 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 like, and again, if, and, and we, just, we just start texting back and forth. That's how this whole idea came to be this morning in the wee hours, that if God can do all this, he can redeem us and give us a hope and give us a future, and he can speak to any circumstance we're going through. This is that reminder. This is that baby 
See, but we make them small. We think, ah, ah, isn't the baby cute? No, that, that baby's going to take on the devil. Are you with me? So let's not make God s- small. But we also see in this story that God wants to reveal himself. Reveal himself to an obscure, humble, insignificant people. How many qualify? That's who he went to. He went to these, and and, and shepherds were known for their loneliness. They're they're out in the middle of the wilderness. They're, they're They're just out with the lammies, hanging out, sleeping under the stars, and doing all this. But this is who God chose to reveal himself to. And this is who we first see after Mary and Joseph, of course, in the, that part of the story, the outside of the, the family. This is who he first chose to reveal himself. And so I want to remind you that pastor and shepherd are the same. And God chooses to reveal himself to shepherds and pastors so they can go and declare and say, this is Jesus or this is not. Now somebody's saying, you're talking about yourself. No, I'm talking about the reality of what we see in the story. Am I right or wrong? Let's manage that tension, right? So God picks the obscure and, 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 and picks those, but, but when he, he speaks to them, it's terrifying. That's how you know God's asked you to do something. Like if, if God's really asking you to do something, you say, I got this. Huh? No, I'm serious. I, I, I'm serious. It's like, like moms out there when, like, like you, you, you have your first child, right? Where's my, where's my ladies? Your first child. It's like you hold that first baby, and it's like, <gasps> y'all looking at me really holy. Come on now. Come on. I know as a dad, it was like it, it was exciting. It's like, oh my goodness, now I gotta feed this kid, right? It's terrifying, but it's going to require obedience. It's going to require faith. That's what we see in the Christmas story. It's a reminder of of obedience. It's a reminder of faith. It's a reminder of all these things, but it was in Bethlehem, which is significant, and Bethlehem is a significant place. Most scholars agree. I can't prove this in the Bible, but we do know that David was tending his father's sheep in Bethlehem. Most scholars agree that this was the same field that David once managed sheep himself. Most scholars agree that this is where Ruth, the, 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 the book of Ruth, this is where it began. See, God brings us to significant places to speak to us. That's why it's important when we gather together. Are you with me? Because God brings us to significant moments in specific times at the right moment to speak to us. So we're not just hearing a story today. I believe that God is speaking to you today. How many of y'all believe that? Anybody believe that? See, that's the significance. So it's like, okay, so we got to figure out what's he saying. How do we do this here? They're attending the field. But God doesn't just reveal himself to the, to the shepherds. There's this other group of guys um, who were they again? Wise men, yeah. Now, most of us, like, and, and, and you'll have to read this on your own, 
Write down Matthew chapter 2. Actually, write down Matthew 1, 2, 3. You're going to read them all this week. I mean, if one chapter's good, two's better, and three's all right. Come on, somebody. Um, and um, so there's these wise men. Now, now, now I, hate, I hate to burst your bubble. They were not there in the nativity scene. Now, be, this is how I know, because if they were, they wouldn't have brought frankincense, gold, myrrh, all those other things. They would have brought diapers, a baby monitor. Come on, that's what they would have brought. They would have brought something useful if they were there. Like, they knew where Mary was registered, so they would have looked and they would have got something, you know. See, but let, let me just say this about the wise man. Somewhere between 20 and 24 months, it took them to get to Jesus. They were Persian astrologers, not God's people, who because of their study in the Hebrew text, start studying the old, what we know as the Old Testament and saw that there was going to be this star over this star spoken about. And they were like, oh, couldn't you just, somebody came by them one day and said, there's a star. It's like, I read about that somewhere. Let's look it up. Let's find the truth. And then the star led them you know, to, to Bethlehem and led them on a 20 to 24 month journey. We don't know exactly how long. But somewhere in there, it took those wise men that long to get to Jesus. The shepherds, they just like, they, they were there because they spoke, they went and testified, this is Jesus, glory to God in the highest. Right? So some people are like, there's a, like, don't you get upset with those people that just hear God and see him right away? But then there's the other group of people, I personally believe, because it could be because of self-dependence, it could be a lot of other reasons, They're, they go on a journey to find Jesus, and it takes them a lot longer, but I'm going to tell you this, everything leads back to that manger with Jesus. It all goes back there. So Christmas is more than just mistletoe and holly. It's so significant in our faith that it's reasonable faith. And we see that God wants to reveal himself. We have a reasonable faith that speaks in over and over and over again. And so the wise men, they, it took them a while to get there. See, I don't, know, I don't know which one you are. Maybe you're a God spoken, you were there. Or maybe you're a wise man on your journey with God. I don't know which one you are. All I know is we got to get back to the manger. We got to get back to the faith in Jesus Christ, who he really is, who he really was. Come on. That's what the call, and that's what Christmas really is. That's the, the, that's the majesty of it. But some people missed it. Could you imagine living in Bethlehem and missing this grand event? Do you realize there were, there were Jews, God's people, which knew the word, but they missed it? And the Persian astrologers figured it out because they went to the word and it testified over and over and gave them a reasonable, confident faith. I don't want to be those who miss it. Some people miss it. They miss the the wonder and the reason 
because sometimes we just make it more complicated than it really is. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss that thing here. Or some people even dismiss it. I don't want to be either or. What we also see here is God is for you. God's for me. Yeah. Mm. That night, you know, I'm going to go to 10 to 12. I'm sorry. Let me just go to 10 to 12. Thanks. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. That we have good news. Good news that will bring you great joy. Everybody say great joy. Good news equals great joy. Great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Woo! The Savior. Yes, the Messiah. The Messiah was born. And you're going to find him. That's the, that's the reassurance. God wants to be with us. He, he doesn't just want to dictate to us. He wants to be with us. Through our anxiety, through our pain, through our suffering, through our trying to figure out who he is. God doesn't reject people who are trying to figure out who he is. See, God doesn't reject people who are trying to figure out who he is. For those who have already made up their mind that he isn't, not much he can do. He can keep sending life rafts and boats and helicopters and everything else, but they made up their mind. Do you know who I was praying for this morning? Um, that you would invite, and that I, I, we would invite to come on Thursday night those people far from God, those people trying to figure out who he is, the hurt, the broken, the lonely, the captive. That's what this is all about. You with me? That's what this story, he's with us. And you're going to find him there. And when we find him, we find great joy. And I want to tell you, if you're missing that great joy, we got to go back and find it. Do you know what the invitation of Christmas is, this message here? We got to go back and find that joy. We just got to go back and find him. The baby in the manger. At the time of Jesus' birth, the world was in chaos. The Roman Empire was leading, which was a very anti-God establishment at the time. There were wicked religious leaders as well. Even the religious people weren't getting it right. But God sent good news with great joy. 
in the midst of our culture that's in chaos right now, in the midst of a world that's gone crazy, we can have good news with great joy. Man, I'm giving you permission to have great joy. That's what I want for you in troubled times. That's what God sent. So when we say, how are you doing? What do we say together? Better than I deserve. And no matter what's going on this Christmas, we can be doing better than I deserve. Now, one of the things that I wanted to point out about this text here in this last verse of what you'll see is you'll find a baby wrapped in a Snuggie. Jesus wore a Snuggie. Some of you will get that later. (laughs) He was snugly wrapped. A little gift, a little present. That's what he was. A little present. Bundle of joy that was for you and me. So what are we going to do this Christmas? We're going to keep doing what we've been doing. I'm asking you, and this is what we've been doing as a church. I've been doing it every morning. I want you to read two of the Psalms in the Old Testament. Just read two Psalms. How many of y'all have been reading two Psalms a day? Has it just been good for you? Has it been good? Just two. Then I want you to read another chapter. I want you to read, you can split up just one more chapter, Matthew 1 through 3, Luke 1 through 3, and just read one of those chapters. And let's go back and find the joy and wonder of Christmas again. I'm convinced if we will slow ourselves down, we'll find it again. If we'll just slow down and still the racing thoughts and still the anxiety and still all those things that are seeking to come upon us that are not of God, we'll find him again. I believe that with all my heart, with everything that's within me here. Because this is what we're going to find. When Jesus was born, his people wanted released from the Roman emperor, the Roman terror, the Roman government. God never released them from that. So he didn't give them what they wanted, but he gave them what they needed. And could it be sometimes there's that which we want that's much different than what God gives us, what we really need. That's the wonder and reason for Christmas. Let's not let this escape from us. Let's not let this just go by the wayside here. Let's grab a hold of it and let's make it personal. Can you stand to your feet with me today? See, my story is God's story. I don't know what it is you need right now, but I'm confident Jesus is that. His peace, his joy, his calm. Are you with me? So I gave you a prescription this week, two Psalms. One other chapter in the New Testament. But last week, we gave you this declaration. And I'm going to give it to you again. 
Matter of fact, I hope you say this till you have it memorized. I've been saying this out loud every day at least once. And then I find myself sometimes during the day, I, I didn't have it memorized, and I would just pick out the pieces I, I had memorized, just start saying it out loud. Because this, this was in the Psalm 103. So if you need to, if you didn't get it last week, take a picture, get, this, get this, a hold of this, and we're going to say this out loud. We're going to make a public declaration together, all based on the Word of God. Because when we confess the word of God, I believe something good happens. How many of y'all with me? Y'all with me? So you're ready to say that? Can y'all see that okay? Can you see this? Because I want to hear you real loud. I want everybody driving down, going down Route 22. I want them to, I want them to hear you saying this, okay? Y'all ready? Here we go. Bless God. Oh, we love that one. This is a good one. We're going to say that again with a lot of attitude. Here we go. You ready? I, I am Come on, let's give God a great big hand. That's a good declaration right there. And so I want you to say that out loud. And our staff meeting last week, we, 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 as a church, we read it out loud. We're going to keep reading it out loud. I want you to declare the word of God over you. And I believe that this Christmas, you can, we, can, we can recover the wonder and the joy. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person right now, God, that can hear my voice. And I pray for the peace, the love, and the mercy and grace of God. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that each and every one of them here, Lord God, would really experience you and know you, God. And God, I pray for those that are even here today that are trying to figure it out. And those who are somewhere between the, the shepherd field in, in, in Bethlehem or somewhere between the far east and in, 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 in Bethlehem, Lord. God, let them find you, Lord. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you came to the right place because that's why God put us on the planet. I want to offer you a relationship with Jesus Christ based on what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Jesus Christ being the forgiver of your past and now the leader of your future. If you don't have a day, a moment, or time, I want to offer you today. So if that's you, I just want you just to slip up your hand. You're not going to come up front. I just want you to slip up your hand. I'll pray for you right where you are. For anybody here today, anybody at all, thank you, Jesus. Anybody at all, just say, you know what, today is my day. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray, Father, for every person here today. Lord, God, even those that are struggling, those who are far, God, I pray, God, that even on their card as they leave, they're gonna, they're gonna check that off and say, God, I wanna begin a relationship. And God, I pray, Father, that this coming Thursday, there's gonna be many people meet Jesus for the first time in this building, Lord. God, thank you so much for this great, awesome privilege. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Let's give God a great big hand. Come on. Thank you, Jesus.